Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Horror 421, the podcast, with your host, your friendly small-town horror author, Charles Campbell. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the frights in this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Horror 421, the podcast. I'm your host, small town horror author, Charles Campbell. And today I have a very special guest. Uh, she's appeared in over 60 film, TV, and uh, theater productions. Uh, and she caught my eye from an anthology film that uh, I've watched every year for the past four or five years on Halloween. And the name of the anthology film is 1031. And uh, she is in the opening uh, story. And her name is Cindy Maple. And Cindy, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you for asking me. And Cindy has a special guest with her. She has her Doberman. I picture. do. My yeah, Doberman. His name is Vlad. Vlad. And I have a beagle, yes. but uh, he's lying down over here staring at me like he always does. Yeah, well, Vlad can't be more than about a foot away from me at any given time if I'm in the house. So <laughs> so we, we're gonna do it together, aren't we? Awesome. Right? Well, that's good. You have a good protector there. It's right. He's my manager. He's your manager? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get right into it. Uh, before I start with questions, uh, if you could give my listening audience uh, a little bit of background on yourself, uh, you know, how you came to be an actress and a director and a producer. Uh, you've done all kinds of things. So uh, give us a little background. I, I have. Well, um, I started doing speech competitions when I was in sixth grade, and it, it just, it was a bug. It just stuck and uh, did high school theater, uh, studied college, you know, theater in college and um, speech and mass communications and all of that in college. And it just, it just never went away. Uh, I was doing a community theater play. I'd done a lot of theater and uh, one of the directors that I was working with at the time knew some people that were getting ready to do some horror movies. And he's like, hey, you should go and audition. So I did just, you know, on a whim, uh, was cast as the lead. I had no idea what I was doing because I'd never done any type of film work before. Um, and, and it just kind of snowballed from there and kind of never looked back. I haven't done a lot of theater actually since. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Well, and then, you know, just one thing always just kind of leads to another. I started producing and then the next thing I knew I was directing and writing and, you know, I just love it. So, well, you, you know, from what I've seen, you're very good at it. And there's a couple of things I definitely oh, want to talk you. about outside of uh, okay. 1031. But, um, you know, you, you mentioned horror. This is a horror podcast. Did you grow up, uh, you know, loving horror? Were you or were you kind of one of those people I, that, ah, didn't really get into no, it. No, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I grew up watching Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. That's like my kind of horror. Any kind of horror comedy is like my favorite. Um, but I remember when I saw The Exorcist for the first time, and <laughs> it's still my favorite horror movie, and it just stuck with me. Uh, to me, if you're going to do independent film and you want to do dramatic independent film, most of the time it has to be horror because nobody really does independent dramatic it's either comedy or it's horror movies so well yeah yeah and i found that to be true uh, i've got a good friend he does a lot of independent horror films but if he does any other type of film he does he did do a couple of dramas but it's generally comedy so he's either doing horror or comedy 
Um, yeah, it just tends to go that way. There's a few people that do dramatic pieces, but it's it's pretty rare to find that. Well, you mentioned The Exorcist. That's in my top five all-time favorite horror films, too. And, yeah, uh, it's. I just watched it again a couple of weeks ago. It's just it's so just one I. of those things. Yeah, so did I in preparation for the the newest movie, which I won't talk too much about. I don't know if you've seen the latest film. <laughs> I um, have not. I've I purposely stayed away just because I yeah. nothing's as good as the original. So yeah, well, I, I probably should have stayed away. All it did was make me mad. But uh, for those yeah, of you that's... that want to go see it, go see it and judge for yourself. I never like to push my opinion of a film and influence someone into not watching it. If you want to go see it, go see it. You may love it. I did not. <laughs> all right well i want to talk about um a, a little short you've done quite a few shorts and there's a one that i jotted down that i definitely want to go back and look at it's called out of my mind uh and that looked intriguing to me i just haven't had time to watch it yet but what i did watch was something very well written it was very well directed it was very well acted uh and it was called random and I randomly watched it and it was you randomly watched it randomly right? watched it, was, it right that was my very first uh directing writing everything so I had produced a couple of things before then but that was the first thing that I had written produced direct acted in everything well chose the, the music the concept of the story where'd that come from um, actually, I had written it about three years before we had ever decided to shoot it. I was involved in a 48-hour film project, and um, we all had to like pick a genre and go ahead and write something that was about seven minutes long. Uh, so that was what I wrote. Uh, it didn't wind up getting used, so it was one of those things that was kind of always rattling around in my brain that I thought, well, I'll get back to that at some point in time. And then a friend of mine that I had worked with on other projects had gotten some new equipment and he wanted to use it. And I said, he happened to have this story that I kind of like to do. And uh, he was going to direct it and everything. He goes, you know what? You direct it. You know it. You you love right. it, obviously. And he's like, you do it. You do everything on it and I'll shoot it. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. And it has served me well. It is. Uh, it's brought me lots of awards. It took me all the way to the Directors Guild of America in L.A. Uh, I got to see it on their big theater there. So oh, it was. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah, it's been an amazing trip with that one. Well, I'm definitely going to watch it again. I'll probably watch it a few more times just to see if I can pick up things that I missed. Uh, I do. I like to watch shorts. Um, I do like anthologies, and obviously, I like independent horror and. And horror movies in general but that one kind of connected with me a little bit and i you know so much so that i maybe would love to see an extended version make it a little longer to kind of give the little backstory behind you know you guys before what happened, how we got happened. there yeah, yeah. How, how you got there <laughs> Uh, and maybe that could fit to an anthology one of these years. I, I have a little, I have a little two minute one that I did. That uh, it's definitely it's it's in there all the time, rattling around about okay, well, what what got us to this point, and how do we get to that point? And so, yeah, that two minute one is going to drive me crazy until I do <laughs> something with it. Well, for my listening audience, it's called Random, and it is a short, and it's everything is done by Cindy. I mean, she she has a great actor. Uh, and she mentioned his name and I'll let her talk about him again because, I, you know, my wife tells me I don't listen all the time and she's right. So, 
but we'll we'll mention him again. But the story is really good. I'll put it a link below in the podcast notes so you guys can click right on it and check it out. But it's really worth checking out, and I don't want to ruin it, so I don't want to come out and say. Yeah, exactly it's hard what to it say anything. Yeah, it's hard to talk about it because it is a short, and yeah, you can give things away pretty easily in the short. So. Yep, yep, and uh, you know. Without giving anything away, there was a certain part in the short where I'm like, oh, that doesn't look right. <laughs> then, yeah, there's yeah, there's a reason why certain things don't look right in that. Yeah. But yeah, I completely enjoyed it. So there's a very uh one of my favorite movies is The Sixth Sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I love movies that mess with your mind. And it that was one of those movies that when I saw it for the first time, I literally walked out of the theater, turned around and went back in to see it again because the ending changes everything for right. you. Um, and random was kind of like my homage to that, you know, because yeah. I wanted people to go, oh, now I got to watch it again because I, I obviously wasn't paying attention, you know. So, yeah, well, I felt the same way after watching The Sixth Sense, but I was a latecomer on The Sixth Sense. I didn't watch it until it was out on DVD, but I did kind of like what you did. I watched it one time on DVD and I was like, what the hell just happened? And I started yeah, it over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ending, yeah, the ending changes everything. And you're like, oh, now I got to see it again because I'm, I wasn't paying attention obviously exactly exactly that's kind of how i felt when i watched it all right so we i want to move up a little bit and let's get into 1031 just a little bit uh it was a great it was a great anthology i enjoyed all of the stories but for me it's kind of like they put the first and they put the best in front i enjoyed that story more than the rest and um you know that may be a good, a great thing where they came in with a bang uh, with this, <laughs> but the the story was well. Written. I like all of them. So yeah, yeah, I, I do too. I, I do too. I'm I'm not detracting from any of them, uh, but that topped them all for me. So uh, tell me. Well, how, good. I'm glad. I'm so glad. Tell me how you became involved with the project with Justin. Um, how you became involved with 1031, and then we'll talk about the story a little bit. This thing has been out for several years, and a lot of my listeners have already watched it. So I'm not going to worry about spoilers too much on this one. Uh, But if you haven't seen it while we're talking about this, you may want to go, you know, look at something else or listen to something else or go watch this movie. It's on Tubi right now for free. You can go to ScreamTeamReleasing.com and order your own copy. But uh, now we're going to get into 1031 a little bit. So I'm going to be quiet and let you kind of tell me how you got involved with that project. Well, uh, poor Justin and Zane, uh, Zane Hirschberger, who uh, was cinematographer on our segment and then did the next one, The Trespassers, was also Zane's. Uh, they they inherited me, whether they wanted me or not. Uh, we I was working on um, a horror film called uh, Volumes of Blood Horror Stories, which was done by PJ Starks in Owensboro, Kentucky, which is really close to where I was living. And I'd known PJ for a really long time. We'd always wanted to work together. And he he was working on that and he wanted me to be a part of it. And Justin and Zane had agreed to to do one of the segments for him. Uh, And they just got whoever PJ gave them as far as actors go. So they came in blind, having no idea what they were going to wind up with. And I was one of them that they wound up with. Uh, So I loved working with them. They were so organized and they just they just knew exactly what they wanted. And they were so great. They're you know, they're very much actor directors you know they like walk you through everything they had it all mapped out they knew exactly what they were doing and so it was just such a pleasure to work with them 
And so when they got ready to do this one, they were in, they live in Pennsylvania. I was in Kentucky and well, actually Indiana, which is right across the bridge. It's a long story. Right. But uh, they, they reached out and said, would you be willing to like come to Pennsylvania and do this segment with this? And so I like Googled it, you know, I'm like, Oh, it's about seven and a half hours. Sure. Let's do it. You know? Right, right, so, right. Uh, so that's how I wound up working with them again. Uh, and I loved the story. It was a wonderful story. And then I get there and it's this beautiful bed and breakfast that we get to shoot in. I mean, it was gorgeous. You, I mean, we really didn't have to do a lot of set dressing because the house just sold it. You know, we didn't, you know, besides some lighting, that was all we really had to do. Uh, but it was just such a great story that I just couldn't wait to get there. Uh, and so the rest, you know, is kind of history. So that's how they wound up with me. <laughs> well, the set was amazing, like you said. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the audience a little, you know, a, a little information on the story. Again, if you haven't seen it, go watch 1031, go order it from ScreamTeamReleasing.com. Free to watch on Tubi.com. Uh, but the story kind of blew me away. I, I, I thought it was really well done. So it's about these two guys. Uh, they're they're basically coming to bid on a job, I guess, to to uh right. yeah, to to promote the bed and breakfast, if I'm gathering that information correctly. I think that's what they were trying right. to do. And you kind of your character, Kathy, had an ulterior motive of why to have them over here. Over, yeah just over, a little bit a, yeah. a little bit of a mo ulterior motive yeah <laughs> and uh you know you kind of put the pressure on the guys and you 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 know you're telling them i want to get this done now they want to go and wait a couple days and come back later and blah 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 and you're like no we have to do this tonight and they're like you'll pay them so much money to do it tonight and they're like oh great and then the stuff that happened and, and i'm really tired so you would think that i wouldn't want to mess with it that night it's halloween you know you would think that i would have no desire to be a part of that you would think that right but the story yeah you think the name of the story is old hag or the old hag and uh you have a special guest in that bed and breakfast again spoilers you guys take off if you haven't seen it but uh there's a special guest in the house and kathy is. kathy is exhausted She's yawning throughout the whole process. She's, you know, she just is dead to the world almost. She's deadbeat. And and I was watching that thinking, okay, what what's the connection here? You know, why is she so tired? So kind of fill me and in. And I on... seem like such a nice person too. Yeah, you seem like a, well, you probably are. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, this. yeah. She doesn't want to do that. I mean, no, no. <laughs> But what kind well, of well, I don't know. I think she does. I think she really does want to do it. Oh, <laughs> Although well, she has a moment. There is a moment where you you find out that maybe she's not, you know, comfortable with this. Well, let's get into the backstory a little bit. Tell me what the connection between if you if you know it, what's what was the connection between Cindy and the old hag? How did you two get Yeah, I, I you mean, know, Kathy that is that's never uh, discussed. Um, from what I understand, uh, there was a really long monologue that my character gives that was kind of cut out just for time and everything. Right. Just There just wasn't enough time um, for it. But she kind of talks about how everybody calls it the gingerbread house and all of that. So and and you know that this is something that she's done before. Um, so I, I think that she's always been there. I think she bought the house 
and bought the old hag when she bought the house. And so she's just been dealing with her this entire time. And like once a year, maybe she gets to actually, you know, get a little peace and quiet from her. Okay. I don't know. I, you know, it's yeah. it's possible she does it more often, but we don't know. <laughs> but you, I mean, Kathy doesn't sleep. And then it seems like when you finally get that chance to lay down on the couch and sleep, that is your, or, you know, your character's goal. You just want to rest. <laughs> Yeah, That's what I got exactly. <laughs> just just wants to sleep. That's all she wants. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, that that. But was... I mean, if you went to, if you went to bed every night and this old hag was like on your chest keeping you from sleeping, you'd want to sleep. You'd want to you know take care of that problem. Oh yeah. Ex- oh for sure. It because in the way I interpreted it, she, the old hag can't really kill you because you're bringing her what she needs exactly yeah i'm kind of the caretaker of the house and the old hag so they're i think they're they're combined they're they're you know just it's a package deal when you buy that house you get the old hag and you have to take care of her too well i'm wondering why kathy didn't call a real estate agent (laughs) i know right she really should have (laughs) oh my goodness but maybe maybe once you're there you're just there you can't leave i don't know uh, the, well, the the story was fantastic. We could definitely expand that movie. I think you you definitely could. You you could make. You know, I'm not a director. I do write some horror, small town horror fiction, but I'm not a movie. Director. You know, maybe maybe Kathy gets tired of it and sells the house, and then there, there's your new story. The new people, you know, discover what they have to do to survive in that house. Or maybe Kathy doesn't provide the old hag what she needs one year. And, you know, the old hag just says, you know, screw this. We're just going to kill Kathy. And then. Yeah, that's very possible. The new new owners move in. Yeah, that's very possible. They get the house super cheap. Like, you know, all the horror movies, when you see a house, it's. Right. (laughs) They're (laughs) like, why is this house so cheap? Eh, Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, you guys go pick up a copy of 1031. Uh, Cindy was amazing in it. Uh, and the two young men that that, um, that that we had so much fun. I mean, it was they're hilarious. So, yeah, we had a blast. We really did. Well, do you have any, uh, you know, a fun story or two from that set? Uh, did, did those? Oh, my gosh. No, I mean, I can't really remember anything in between, you know, shooting and everything. But, I mean, they literally were cutting up all the time. Uh, but, yeah, they, I mean, they they were tired. You know, there would be moments where we would all be tired, you know, and somebody would make up some funny thing, you know, and it would be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Well, because it was, I mean, we shot it all in one week, so there wasn't a lot of time. So. Oh, wow. That's a lot to shoot in that period yeah, of time. Yeah, it is. So there was, it was very long days, yeah. Well, I think Justin told me in our podcast, but I can't remember. Who got the honor of playing the old hag? Was that was that Justin? I mean, his name is Ned. Um, I don't remember what his last name is, unfortunately. Uh, but he is also, I think, the scarecrow, maybe, in the barn okay cool he is he is really really tall and really really thin uh so yeah and creepy as he could possibly be when he was in the old hag stuff of course i sent you that picture of him but um yeah he's uh he's scary Uh, yeah yeah for sure for sure the scariest part was is that they had built like a chest for him because of the shower scene you know and 
it had to be seen. Um, so, yeah, there were moments of, you know, the boys playing with the chest that was, <laughs> it was, it was, that was probably the funniest moment that I can remember is that they would like actually be feeling up the old hag, which yeah, is just hilarious. Oh, me. Because, we, I mean, you know, with the mega lot, it was, it was disgusting. <laughs> I can imagine. I can only imagine. Well, anyway, you guys go pick up a copy of it at ScreamTeamReleasing.com. So I want to jump back to you again for just a bit. Um, I'm always interested in writers' perspectives. Uh, and it seems like, you know, you have a writer's hat that you use. In, uh, I do. I do. I do it every day. I'm a copywriter in radio. So I, I put that hat on pretty much every day. Well, that's awesome. So I'm always interested in other writers' perspectives, how they come up with their ideas and what their processes are. And I ask this of all authors that I have on my podcast. So I'm going to ask it of you. What is your process to to put something together? How you, you know, your creative process, you know, how did you come up with the the concept for random? How did that hit you? It, that is one specific, but in general, generally speaking, how do you come up with uh, what you do when you when you start typing on your keyboard? I am very much a work backwards type of person. Um, I, it's usually because for me, because of the influence of like The Sixth Sense and uh, The Others, which is another movie that I absolutely love. I always start, it, it's an idea of how it's going to end. And then I work backwards from that because, you know, it's like, how did we get there? And then I just map it out, you know, you do, you do your, whatever you have to do to get there, you know, and it's usually some sort of form that I go through, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how I do it. It's just always, there's an idea. Right. There's like this kernel of an idea and it's usually how it's going to end is how that idea starts. And then I just always work backwards. That's just how I am. Well, that's when it a, comes to stuff like that. Well, that's definitely a unique perspective. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I've done that, I guess, myself, where I have an ending in mind, and it's like, how do I get there? Uh, yeah, know, I mean, or, I'm sure, I'm sure it's probably not right. I don't know if there is a right way no, to there's write. Not a, there's not a right Yeah, I, there isn't, no. But for me, that's always what it is. It's always yeah. that idea of, oh, that would be really cool. And then it's like, okay, but how do we get? to that you know and then i just start taking the steps back and yeah and i and that's where it comes from so well some you know authors i to talk to they do outlines and all that shit and oh yeah and well and that's obviously you know once you have that idea and yeah. you start going backwards you have to kind of have to outline okay well these are the steps to get to that and um exactly but my strokes are a lot broader so i don't <laughs> you know I, I have kind of a, a mindset of where i want to start where i want to end and then the middle is kind of a free for all. It comes as it comes. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, and I, uh, I did a short film a few years back called Ebola, uh, which I would highly recommend that you check out. It's yes. very fun. Uh, it is. Uh, it, it was a matter of my husband came home from bowling with his buddies for the night, and he was talking about how they, the other guys he he was with were like oogling and ogling over all the women that were at the bowling alley. And I'm just like, wow, it would be really cool if they were zombies and they killed those guys. Okay. And I'm like, okay, th 
that's that's the end. So how do I get there? So so watch Ebola and you'll figure out how I got there. Oh, nice. So, I'm definitely going to check that was, out. Yeah, that was my first horror comedy and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. Well, you know, you sent me your I am I am DB. Am I I am DB. Yeah. I am DB profile. So I, I took a look at that. You've been in a ton of stuff. Um, I have. You, you you have. And I'd like to talk about some of it. Even the thing, I mean, a lot of it I haven't seen yet because I just didn't have time before we sat down to speak. But I'm going to go back and check out some of the stuff. But one of the things I found interesting is you're on the tra- travel channels haunting. Um, yeah. What season were you on? What Do you know what episode? It was um, season 10, episode, I want to say five. It was called The Haunted Cabinet. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about that experience because I that well, sounded really cool to me. It's very cool. Yeah, I uh, for the past five years I've moved three times. Uh, so I'm currently in Wisconsin. Uh, at the time, I was living in Virginia Beach, uh, which was where I was at, like right before we wound up in Wisconsin. I lived and there five years. Oh, did you really? So I was there for about a year and a half. So in a year and a half, I was able to do a haunting with the Travel Channel, which it was just a a casting call that I responded to and, you know, got got booked for it. Uh, And it was great fun. It's, It's always great when you get to work in the industry, you know, on a real set, because you learn so much more than you do on indie film. Indie film is very guerrilla style, you know, it's, it's shoot and go, shoot and go, you know, and it's, it's sometimes thought out, sometimes not so much thought out. Um, So to be on a professional set was absolutely amazing. Um, So I did that. Uh, I had a chance to work on uh, Walking Dead World Beyond, which was shooting in Richmond, Virginia, when I was living there. So I got three days on that set. It is the worst of the series of The Walking Dead. It was only two seasons. It was horrible, but it was really cool to be a zombie for a couple of days and, you know, go through Um, all of that. Yeah. Well, my friend was an extra. He was an extra on the big war with Negan scene. Uh, and, oh, very cool! Yeah, yeah. very you know, cool. You know, when when they all were marching down. Uh, uh, anyway, he he was one of yeah. He, any scene that I am in, it's it's massive zombies, and you can't you can't ever see me. I've never seen myself, so but <laughs> I don't care. It was a great experience. It was so much fun, and I worked on the Showtime series that Ethan Hawke did uh, called The Good Lord Bird. Uh, and I, I got to stand right next to him and it was, nice. it was amazing. He was so great because uh, we're a bunch of extras and he's like talking to us like we're just, you know, normal people, you know, and I'm like, it's Ethan Hawk. Uh, and I got to do an Apple TV series that um, is called Swagger and it's uh, the story of Kevin Durant. Uh, it's uh, so it's, it was really cool basketball story uh, that's on Apple. Uh, so I got a lot of opportunity while I was in Virginia to do that. And I was also working for a local video production company, advertising type agency at the same time and met uh, Caleb Chamberlain, who has become such a dear, dear friend of mine and uh, did a short film with him, which was called Three Murders in Man- Manhattan. And it's kind of a murder noir type thing. It was right. really, really cool. Uh, and now he is in Texas. I am in Wisconsin and we're still working together. He has a new thing coming out that I'm so excited about. 
Uh, it's um, it, it, for anybody that knows the video game Titanfall, which is like huge. It, I I knew nothing about Titanfall when uh, he approached me about doing this project with him. Right. I've learned a lot since then. Like the fact that the fans are just insane about this game. Uh, so there's Titanfall and then Titanfall 2, and they're all waiting for Titanfall 3, which doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. Uh, but he is a huge fan of Titanfall. So he wrote a fan series that, uh, that I, I've worked on. And so it's, it's, it is the future of indie filmmaking and the way hopefully we'll all be able to work. He's, it's it's all fans. It's it it has nothing to do with the people that created uh, Titanfall, which is Respawn and EA Games. Right. They're not involved at all. It's all fan based. We're all doing it for free just to help Caleb out. Um, so what we did, we all recorded our faces and our voices for his characters. And so he's taken our facial features and the way our faces move and our voices and created characters off of them nice. uh so it it will actually be me because it'll be my face it's not she doesn't look like me uh my character is Celise Arathusa who is one of the main characters so I'm very honored that he was nice. he, he yeah he I mean it started with he he like contacted me uh out of the blue and was like I'm gonna do this uh teaser trailer and will you do the voiceover because I do a lot of voiceover work I'm like sure you know he's like it's like four lines super easy give me a couple different reads I'm like okay so I sent it back to him and then this teaser trailer like blew up uh, everybody just loved it so he's like I got to make this series now so it's going to be six uh, different episodes they start on March 11th and the his latest trailer just went over like 25,000 views in like six days oh, it's wow. crazy and wow. yeah the people the fans are like I don't even care if we get Titanfall 3 I want this you know so he's got a built-in fan base for this because of the people that love the games and of course he's a gamer so he's out there with them too so it's really exciting my character is amazing I just I just fell in love with her she is she's tough but she, her arc is amazing. What this woman is going to go through in this series, I it, people are going to love this. I, I, I don't think I've been excited this excited about anything in a long time. So oh, wow, I'm definitely so that's coming out March March 11th. So nice. Uh, do you have like a a link people can go to to check that out? Um, he, yeah, he is on YouTube under Plot Coalition. Plot Coalition. Okay, I'm going to put a link uh, in the podcast notes below. For the folks oh, we would listening. love that. Yeah, okay. they should absolutely check it out. Okay. It's very exciting. I'll definitely put that in there. Um, well, that, yeah, it sounds like you have some pretty awesome stuff coming up. Um, I do, and I and I haven't done a horror movie in like four years, just because I've been moving so much. I just really right. haven't done anything. And out of nowhere, I saw a casting call. I don't know, a month or so ago, uh, for a found footage film that was filming relatively close to where I live here. And so I, you know, sent in and I got a little part in it. So it's called uh stopped by shadows and it's going to be a found footage, which I've never done found footage before. So this, this ought to be really interesting. So. 
Yeah, I, it's a small part, but you know, I don't know anybody in this area, so I really haven't had a lot of opportunities. So this is how you get opportunities. Right. For anybody listening out there that wants to be an actor, just go for it. That's what you do. You see a casting call, you send in your information, and you hope for the best. Yeah, well, exactly. I have a good friend, like I said, he's an independent filmmaker, and he's a TV producer. He produced a series on Amazon, Boggy Creek, the series. And he's completely independent. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, that. Yeah. And uh, his name is Henrik Kuto uh, for us, for the people in the United States. But he also goes by Enrique Kuto. So shout out to Henrik. He's a good friend of mine. Um, cool. Has a great weekly podcast. If you want to check it out, it's weeklyspooky.com. He, um, I'm going to check that out. Well, he features authors all over the country. Uh, they oh, that's their, great. They submit their short stories to them. And it's horror centric, so they're horror short stories, and uh, he, he narrates them in such incredible ways. Um, so I love that. Uh, two of the films that I've done, uh, out of my mind that you talked about earlier, and um, what is the oh tell the telemarketer, which was the very first thing that I produced, uh, were written by a gentleman that um, so they were short stories, you know, and I I knew him and you know I just asked him can I have your stories and he's like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like just give me credit and I'm like absolutely I will give you credit so well, so and you know there's some there's always a little bit of tweaking because of film you know it's, some things just don't play unless you change it a little bit so uh, but out of my mind was uh, was his John Cosper is his name by the way I I don't think I mentioned that but uh, out of my mind was originally his it was originally called Drip Drip. Um, which I didn't think I didn't think it was a very good name. <laughs> I was like, I, it's got like weird connotations to it. So I'm like, let's let's change the name. So out of my <laughs> mind, out of my mind, definitely made use of this for it. So well, something similar happened to me today. Actually, I submitted a, a short story to Henrik. He was asking authors who regularly contribute to contribute holiday Christmas stories for him to read in December. And I finished one up actually this morning. I finished mm. it. I, I sit. I sent it over to him, and I said, "Don't have a title, uh, so come up with the best thing you can." Mm. <laughs> so, <right>. you got, <laughs> so I'm, I'm leaving it up to him to, to title that one. So there you go, Henry. Gave you something to do. That that uh, happens sometimes. Huh? So you've been really busy, and you've done a lot of things. So tell me about some of the challenges you faced, uh, you know, uh, creating films and writing, directing, producing. I'd like to know some of the challenges that uh, you had to uh, beat down and, and overcome to to get where you are right now. Well, you know, and I always say this, I, I didn't have challenges because I had a built-in community to work with because I started as an actress and I had, you know, done a lot of favors for a lot of people. So right. when it was time for me to get behind the camera, they were all there for me. You know, I would just, you know, say, Hey, can you help me out? And they would always be there. So I, I, I have never had a challenge when it came to that. I, I mean, I would say the biggest challenge I had was too much help. You know, oh, it's wow. like, I don't need that much. Yeah, it would be like, I don't know what I can do with you. You can stand around and, you know, I don't know, get some food or something. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that I, I, I honestly have never had that kind of challenge. My problem now is because I've moved so much and now I'm in Wisconsin where I know nobody. 
So, you know, it's like, if I want to get back into it, I have to build that community again. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm not young anymore. So it's like, do I, am I, yeah, I'm kind of worn out, you know, it's like, I, now I spend my time doing commercial work and, you know, and it's nice to get paid. It's really nice because most, most independent film does not pay uh, in case you're wondering. Um, But yeah, so it's nice to just do commercial work and get paid for it and, you know, so that's pretty much what I concentrate on now. So yeah, well, I've had quite a few independent film directors on this show, and they 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 have to scrape by to to get the films yeah, made. Yeah, it's exactly. a lot of favors. It's a lot of it uh, is. It here, is. I'll, you know, we'll have pizza. <laughs> yeah (laughs) i'll feed you Uh, i'll feed you i'll give you imdb credits yeah Yeah. i'll give you some gas money if i have any left over yeah Yeah. and and i can say when i could i paid my actors just because i always coming from a place of never getting paid you know it was nice to to be able to pay them so if i didn't have the money to be able to afford my actors then i just i just didn't feel like i should do it so right but that's, you know, that was guilt, you know, from oh, from yeah. where I was coming from, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I I get it. I do. I mean, my, you know, the, the, the thing I do is I write small town horror pictures. And so it's only on me. I don't have to hire actors or anything like that. It all has to come from my brain. And I don't right. really have to worry about much. Uh, and that's, <laughs> you know, and I publish independently. I publish under Valley Board Publications. So I find that to be. It works for me, and it works for a lot of people now. Independent uh, publishing has taken off over the last ten years. It it really has, yeah. I have a lot of friends that do that, and yeah, they 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 are busy all the time doing it, so it's great. But yeah, even like with Ebola, I needed like thirty some odd women to be part of this bowling alley and, you know, to basically kind of be background actors that I was going to turn into zombies, you know, and it was going to be a long day's worth of work for these ladies. So I I couldn't afford to pay all of them, but I bought them all t-shirts. I bought them all little gift bags, you know, just something just, you know, and and they had a blast. I I hope they all seemed like they were having fun. So, you know, they, they got food, you know, they got the bowl, so, so they seemed like they were having a good time. Well, Plus, I had, I actually had, uh, his name's Will Chase. He was on uh, the show Nashville for a long time. He played uh, Luke Wheeler, I think his name was, on Nashville. He's been on, gosh, he's been on Stranger Things. He was one of the dads on Stranger Things. So all the ladies knew that he was going to be there. So I think that had a lot to do with why they wanted to come because he's not is not hard on the eyes, so I think they all kind of wanted to be around him. So, uh, I, whatever gets it done, right? Whatever right? Yeah, I'm like, show up. <laughs> I'll make sure you get an autograph, whatever it takes. So. Exactly. Well, I want to talk about your directing a little bit more. So, what inspired you to become a director? You said you started off as an actor, and then you got behind the mm-hmm. camera. But there's a story there. How, how did you flip the switch? What made you want to be a director? Who inspired you to be a director? Okay, so the very first thing that I produced called The Telemarketer, um, I was working on it. It was almost done. And my director said, this isn't this isn't up to my quality. And he walked away. Oh, wow. So, so I just had to like finish it because I wasn't going to let everybody down that was a part of it because I'm not that kind of person. Right. I wanted them to have something to show for all the work that they had put into it. 
So I learned a lot on that set, like who to trust for one thing and who right. not to trust. Um, so uh, even though I, I call myself a producer on that one, I really wound up being the director. So it was kind of a baptism by fire, you know, just trying to figure things out. So when my uh, when my friend wanted to use that equipment and I told him I had an idea for a story, you know, the first thing he said was, you should direct it, you know, you should right. do it. And I was scared to death. Because I knew, okay, I'm going to be producing this. I'm going to be directing this. I'm going to be acting in this. You know, I'm like, uh, am I ready for that? You know, um, and I was just like, yeah, let's do it. I'll learn as I go. And he's a great director. Uh, one of the other guys that was helping out with it was a great director. So they were all there, you know, supporting me and helping me through it, you know, and saying, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think that's what I want. But I mean, I had a, that was one of those situations that I had a very clear vision right. of what I wanted that film to look like. Uh, the very, the very last shot in it, um, I never knew how we would be able to do it, but I knew that that was the way it needed to be shot. Uh, and I, I don't want to give too much away, but right. basically the camera had to be over the top of us, come up and swing around and follow out. Oh, um, okay. And at and at the time when I when I came up with the idea, there weren't gimbals, uh, which is what we wound up using, which was the piece of equipment that my friend had gotcha. that he wanted to use. So it all worked out perfectly. But there are many, many pictures of me laying in that bed, half naked. You've seen it. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm half naked. Um, blood all over my back, yep. uh, looking at a monitor because we did that final shot probably 20 times before we got it right. Because we also had a mirror that we had to deal with and we'd ever once in a while catch somebody in the mirror that uh... wasn't supposed to be in the mirror. So uh, they would basically shoot it. They'd bring me the monitor and I would watch it because I couldn't move too right. awful much because of yeah. the shot that we were trying to get so yeah and we did that like 20 times before we finally got it so yeah you learn the hard way you learn the hard way the, what i learned which my second film is called out of my mind i'm not in that one well, i take that back i made a little cameo i did i did one of those kind of things um but yeah. i i wasn't in it because i'm like this is too hard this is way too hard so and well, people I'm always ask me would you rather be in the on camera or behind the camera and you know i i live in both worlds i love them both but uh directing's fun it really is it's just to see something that was this little idea just come to come to life is just amazing so my favorite thing is to sit in front of an editing bay and just you know watch it come together i think that's amazing that yeah that is amazing and uh, you know like i said i watched random <laughs> today and I, I couldn't get it out of my head after i watched it i'm actually gonna go watch it again see if i can good pick up that's things. that's the idea that is definitely the idea behind that one and i'm definitely gonna put links below uh you know to your youtube page and where people can find some of the things that you've uh, worked on personally i appreciate that the uh one other question i had for you since you know you're really, really good at what you do. If you could spend a day with any director, if you had access to anybody and you could spend, I don't know, spend two weeks with them, 
who would that director be? I'm just curious. It would, unfortunately, he just died. William Friedkin would be the director of The Exorcist. I would, I just read a book about the 50 year is on the 50 year anniversary. It's, and it's, it's so in depth. But uh, the fact that he never saw that movie as a horror movie, he was shooting it as more of like a detective tape mm-hmm. i mean he did the french connection you know i right. mean that's the way he shot the exorcist he he was kind of shocked when people were calling it a horror movie you know which it's you know the classic harm you know so <clears throat> sorry I lose my voice so yeah definitely william freaking well, <laughs> without that, a doubt that, well that that is <clears throat> for me i said it's in my top five it's probably number one um it's just even though it's brilliant and i think i think the fact that he didn't shoot it as a horror movie is why it's such a good horror movie you know well this is one of the things that gets me about that film in particular is i've seen it god knows how many times i've seen it a ton of times but every single time i watch it i seem to pick out something else i'm something different yeah yeah (laughs) how can you watch a movie so many times and keep missing these little things here and there. I think it was about about five years ago, they were running it again in theaters. Um, I was probably for the 45th anniversary or something. Yeah, and yeah. I went and it was the first time I ever got to see it on a big screen because, you know, I, you know, yeah. I, I didn't see it when it originally came out and seeing it on a big screen like that. There's so much more detail that you have never seen before. You know, it was like the the bottle with the holy water dripping out was so vivid. And it's like I never paid attention to that scene before. And it was just amazing, the detail in that. So, Oh, man. And Linda Blair, man. I mean, to be 13 years old or how old she She was. She was brilliant. Yeah, it's such such a shame she didn't continue doing acting. You know, although I hear she's in the new one. Like she shows up at, for at for, for my listening audience, I will neither confirm nor deny that. But, okay, well, I've already read that that happens. So but, that was the only thing that kind of piqued my interest. It, it, and and it would have it was all right. I'm gonna just put it out there. It was a cameo. There was a cameo at the end. Okay, of the that's what I thought. So what it wasn't you know if she were more involved, maybe I'd have liked it. When it, I'll watch it when it's streaming. But yeah, it's it wasn't it wasn't theater worthy. I, it's not the original, so you know it's not theater worthy for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I liked obviously the original, and I liked Exorcist three. Um, yeah, the yeah, I agree. The third one was good. Yeah, yeah, and then kind of the rest, I'm like, eh. They had a yeah, the, the the heretic that was yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. That's my official review of that. Blah. Yeah, blah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I read. Blah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Cindy, it has been amazing talking to you. What I want to do now is kind of uh, be quiet again. I ramble a lot. And I, know I do too. I I mean, I talk for a living, so you know, well, I tend to talk a lot. Well, that's great for podcasts when you're the guest, when you're the host. You don't <laughs> want to hear me ramble for 20 minutes straight. But what I want to do is give you an opportunity to talk about anything you got out there, where people can find you. I'm going to put links in the podcast notes below. So, well, people... I don't even know what my YouTube page is. I Cindy Maples. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. I, I I found it, 
and I'll, I'll put links. I'll put links down there. Yeah, but, uh, and that's where all my stuff, the stuff that I've done, is all on my YouTube page. Yeah. Okay, so well, Cindy Maples. Somewhere. I will. I will definitely put that down. Is there anything? I know you said you're in Wisconsin. You're trying to get connections, but uh, is there I anything? I am. Yeah, is, or not? You know, I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm happy with my life, and like I said, it's so great that we are now living in a time where a friend of mine living in Texas, which is about as far away as you can get from Wisconsin, can still put me in his latest and greatest masterpiece. You know, I, so I don't know that it matters where you're at, you know, I oh, mean, because yeah. it, it's going to be huge and I'm so excited to be a part of that. So, so yeah, Titanfall, New Frontiers, keep your eyes open for that one because it's going to be amazing. And I think it's going to change how independent film is made uh, because it's all independent. It's nothing is being paid for on this. Everything that all the programs that he's using are accessible to everybody and he has no problem showing people how to do this. The technology is way beyond my poor little worn out brain. Uh, the fact that we like sit in front of a cell phone, like I'm doing right now and recorded our facial expressions and, you know, acted basically in front of a cell phone. And he's taking that and creating, uh, you know, this yeah. series out of it. It's just amazing to me that he's able to do that. So it's creating a world from that well, stuff. My, yeah, he is absolutely creating <laughs> a world. All the cinematographers that are working on this have, I mean, the stuff that I've seen, it's just, it just blows my mind. It's just so amazing. So I'm so excited to see it. March 11th cannot get here soon enough. Well, I'm going to put that in the podcast notes as well. Um, and if you, you know, I know, I know you write too. I mean, I don't know if you write in a format. That, I don't uh, write, write. I write scripts. So okay. yeah, I mean, I write, I write radio commercials. That's, that's my, that's what pays the bills. So gotcha. Well, I was going to say, maybe, maybe I could connect you with Henrik at some point and hey, you guys can toss ideas off of one another. He, he's, like I said, he does a lot of independent films <laughs> and he does, uh, He's done a couple of TV series. He did a found footage uh, series during the uh, pandemic where he actually had contributors, uh, friends of his, contributed stories and films. And he I'm going to have to look him up. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. Well, if you go to weeklyspooky.com. Um, Absolutely. Or Glad. Henflix. He has his own website. It's H-E-N-F-L-I-X.com. So go check him out. You you may like okay, him. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He is a good character. Well, Cindy, it was amazing having you on. I'm glad you agreed. Well, to thank on. you so much for asking me, Charles. I, I love when somebody says, hey, I saw you in this movie and I loved it. And can you talk to me? I, I think that's amazing. I just out of nowhere, I get emails every once in a while about somebody's somebody saw Hell is Full or Widow or, you know, just one of those movies that I did seems like forever ago. And they'll be like, I love that movie. You're great in that movie. I love that. It's just it's. It just it makes me feel like I haven't wasted my time. <laughs> oh no no no! You're you're, you're super talented. So uh, so I'm, I am so happy that you love the old hag because it was so much fun to make and Justin and Zane are so amazing yeah. to work. Oh yeah with, yeah, so. I definitely loved it. And but I, Justin Justin's one of those people that he's he's gonna go somewhere, and so is Zane. They both are so talented. So yeah, I mean, if they called me tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, I'll figure out a way to get to Pennsylvania. I, I don't whatever it takes. I think Cindy needs to be in the barn three, Justin. 
Just saying. <laughs> I would be there in a heartbeat. Just I would be saying. there in a heartbeat. The bar and threes. They yeah. know that though. They know <laughs> I love them and they know I would do anything for them. Yeah. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He is. And, Absolutely. Uh, he is. Definitely enjoyed talking to him. Definitely enjoyed the old hag, but I'm enjoying everything else I've seen you in so far. So you've given me a catalog. I need to go look up. My audience needs to go look it up. I'll put links below. If you have any other links, Cindy, you can message <laughs> them to me directly and I'll stick them in there for people okay. to find. You. I don't. That's pretty much it. That's I'm on YouTube. So. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Well, we'll... YouTube and IMDb, that's, you know, because on IMDb, there's links to how you watch the movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to There's actually out. one. I was uh, I was in a film. It was right after I had done Widow, which was the very first one that I talked about, you know, that I went and auditioned for. Uh, and it's called um, it's called Birthday Massacre or something like or uh, I think that's what it's called. It's changed its name a couple of times. Um so anyway, a homecoming massacre. That's it. it. It wound up being homecoming massacre. It just came out like last year. Uh, so and that's like streaming now too. I think it's on Tubi and everything. So okay. it's so if you want to see me from long time ago that just came out. I mean, it just never give up on a project because apparently they're like me. They just keep going. So he finally got it out, and it was really cool. Well, nice. I'll definitely check that out too. I love I love going to Tubi and finding movies like that. Um. But anyway, thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you, Charles. I am Charles Campbell, a small town horror author. You can find me at valleyboypublications.com. You can also find our Facebook page on Facebook, uh, Horror 421, the podcast. I also host a music podcast for musicians only called Backstage 421, the musicians only podcast. Be sure to check that out and subscribe. And check out my latest book, The Piano Witch. Uh, it just came out in October. So, um, Check it out. Uh, it's a cool cover done by John Stoney Cannon. He's a local artist. Shout out to John. Thank you so much. Check out The Piano Witch, ValuablePublications.com. And we'll see you next time on Horror 421, the podcast. Take care. We hope you had a horrific time, lovelies. Thank you for tuning in to Horror 421, the podcast. Be sure to like us on YouTube and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.